Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about Monday Night Raw, specifically the three qualifying matches for the number one contender for the WWE Championship. And looking at those matches, a couple of things that we talk about on today's podcast. Number one, the lost art of selling. Also, the lost art of a clean finish to help a wrestler get over. A lot to get into. We'll do it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, this is where a lot of the conversation that you were talking about yesterday comes into play with some of the matches that we saw last night. And the first clip you heard was Sheamus versus Matt Riddle. And a very, I'm sorry, Riddle, he dropped Matt. Sheamus versus Riddle. And a very good match from last night. But this is where you lose me a little bit when it comes to drama in the match and also the... I don't know, the basis and foundation of selling in a match. Um, Sheamus had that heel hook on Matt Riddle, which seemed like forever. And Riddle gets out of it. The commentators even mention the fact that let's see how Riddle is able to complete this match after being in that move. And he absolutely no-sells being in that heel hook. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's in the heel hook. Riddle's, you know, his facial, he's he's in excruciating pain, Bully. Trying to get out the struggle, sweat pouring from his forehead, trying to get out. He gets out of it, gets right back onto his feet like nothing ever happened. And I'm saying to myself, what the hell is going on here? I mean, could you walk with a little bit of a limp? Could you do a little ginger motion? And then Sheamus works on that leg. For almost the entire match, Riddle gets the win, walks up the entrance ramp like nothing ever happened, and he's actually doing a little bit of a dance. And I'm like, you're supposed, I'm supposed to buy into this after seeing how he's selling in that match? Now, I'll give you the other side so people can see how your point is very valid. Last match of the night. AJ versus Orton. End of the match, AJ's able to catch that desperation springboard after distraction from the Fiend. AJ gets the one, two, three. What was AJ doing after the one, two, three? He could barely walk. He could barely get get get, get to his feet to walk up the entrance ramp. Had to have uh, the, his big guy, o- Obo, yep. uh, Oso, uh, Oso Buko, whatever his name is, help him up. Yep. There's your difference. That is when you make stuff believable because AJ is continuing to sell after the match. He's putting over the fight. He's putting over the struggle. He's putting over the fact that, whoa, I just made it out of there by the skin of my teeth against Orton. 
Riddle should have been selling even more because he was in an extremely physical battle with Sheamus. Now, I agree with you about the heel hook, but I also got to put Sheamus and Riddle over for a very good, hard-hitting, strong match. Uh, Riddle is doing a lot of little things that I don't see other guys doing that's really working, and he's going to get himself over. There was a point last night where he had to, there was a, it was a desperation kickout spot. And he did not kick out in the traditional way. Did you see what he did? No, go remind me, please. He wasn't able to kick out with his legs. He wasn't able to get a shoulder up. He bridged on his neck. And in bridging on his neck, he raised his shoulder blades off of the mat. I popped huge for that because that's kicking out in a different way. Remember, kicking out really has nothing to do with a, a kick, so to speak, all the time. Most desperation kickouts are guys just rolling their shoulders up at the count of two and three quarters. He couldn't even roll his shoulders up, so he bridged on his neck. Very smart, very different. And these are the little things that are going to get Riddle over. Um, when Sheamus had him down and you saw Riddle lift up his, uh, he kicked out, he, you know, he raised his hand, he did that like Hulk Hogan, you know, like, no, 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 yeah. he, he sh shook it all with his finger. Little things like that are going to work for him. Very hard fought match, very snug match, because Lord knows Sheamus is going to lay his shit in. And Riddle's giving it right back to him. And the, it, I, I can watch that stuff night after night because i'm seeing a contest i'm seeing a fight i'm seeing much like i talked about on the audio that we released yesterday when it came to uh drew versus roman at survivor series i said it felt like a fight well riddle and sheamus felt like a fight because it was a fight that is a spirited wrestling contest. You guys can tell that those uh, uh, they're passionate about winning and they're trying their hardest. Not once, except for the points that you mentioned about the, 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 the mishaps in selling. Not once did I ever think that those guys were just taking it easy. Watch Riddle throw his punches. Watch Sheamus throw his punches. Watch Riddle throw his kicks. Watch Sheamus throw his kicks. Conversely, watch Shayna Baszler throw her punches last night. You yeah. tell me what's real and what's not. Well, that's the thing. But that's what that's what really bothers me, Bully, because that was such a physical contest between those two that that you want to see that sale. When the, when the match is over, because it's going to add to what just took place in that ring. Like you talked about yesterday, the spirit of the fight. Like nothing puts that over that when the match is finally over, he gets that victory, but he's exhausted. He's in pain because of the contest that he just went through. When you're just doing your, your, your regular dance and you're pointing to the crowd and all that stuff, it takes away, it takes it away from me. I mean, just those small little things would be enough to elevate that match to another level. Uh, if you watch great Japanese wrestling, where two guys go at it as physically as Riddle and Sheamus did last night, when the bell rings and the match is over, mo both guys are down. They're selling. Young boys running in the ring, pouring water on them, putting the ice packs on yep. their neck. They're both selling how difficult of a battle it was. And that lends credibility to the battle. Because if you're ever sitting there scratching your head going, wow, is that really that 
Physical? Well, look at these guys. They're both down at the end. Even the guy that won the match is down. Yep. It must have been one hell of a, a one hell of a fight. So I can understand how Riddle popping up, but in the world of the WWE, as much as Vince appreciates selling, when it's time to get that beauty shot at the end, all that stuff kind of goes out the door. And whether or not they told, I don't know if they told him to do that, but hopefully when he came back through the curtain, one of the more knowledgeable agents was there to tell him, that was a great match, great job, you did this, this, and this right, but here's what you could have done better. And notice how I started that, Dave, with you did this, this, and this right. Too often in the world of pro wrestling, the minute you come back through the curtain, you're told everything that you've done wrong. When you're a younger wrestler, you need to hear some of the positives. This is what this is what you did right. This is what was good. And and here's a couple of points on how you can tighten your screws and make things better. Hey, everyone, this is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. One of the good things about Raw last night, Bully, is that they had some lengthy matches because they're having this, you know, number one contender uh, for the WWE Championship, which I think was a great idea. Um, And one of the matches was Keith Lee and Bobby Lashley. Hard, physical matchup, two big guys. Um... I love the hurt lock that Lashley uses because it really shows his strength and it's something that he should be using, a guy his size and with his and with his strength. Um, but another match, just like we talked about with Sheamus and Riddle, where physical matchup and Keith Lee doing a great job selling. I mean, for the most part, Lashley had the advantage throughout that match. Keith Lee got, took advantage of a couple of good breaks that went his way. And then the match is over and he's up on his feet and he's doing his, you know, the thumb thing and like not selling, not selling the match at all. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? He's in, he was just in this big physical contest. He was just in the, in the hurt, in the hurt lock where then, you know, then Lashley turned it into a sleeper hold and, 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 and Keith Lee was just able to power his way out of it, gets the DQ in, which another, which was another thing that makes no sense to me, but I'll get into that in a second. Matches over the bell rings. He's up on his feet and he's doing his, he's doing his po- pose with the, with the grin on his face. Man, just could you sell just a little bit at the end of the match for me? Just a little. In the world of the WWE, once you get to the end of the match and it's time for the beauty shot, the beauty shot takes uh, precedent over everything else, including selling. Is it, it, in Vince's mind, selling in the match is one thing, but it's when it's time for the beauty shot and we have to make that money and we got to tell the world who you are, that becomes the most important thing. But I agree with you. I think there's a way to get that beauty shot while you're still selling. And last night we saw Riddle come right out of the cell for the beauty shot. We saw Keith Lee come right out of the cell for the beauty shot. I, I, that's just the way they do it over there, and that's coming straight from the top. 
Yeah, and I think it's a mistake because it takes away from the match that we just saw. You know, you're physically exhausted just watching it as a fan, but then you see the person that was in the ring, you know, almost just like pushing it away like it was no big deal. And the other thing I didn't understand is that this is a qualifying match to be the number one contender for the WWE Championship. Why is MVP interfering and getting Bobby Lashley disqualified? That makes absolutely no sense to me. Now, did Keith Lee get the advantage on Bobby Lashley in that moment? Sure. But you're qualifying for a WWE Championship. And oh, by the way, from the looks of things with Pierce, it was Bobby Lashley's idea to have this mini tournament to qualify for the WWE Championship. So you're in that match. Keith Lee... For which it was very rare in this match, actually got the advantage, and MVP's running in the wing, ring and getting Lashley disqualified. I'm sorry, that makes absolutely zero sense. <clears throat> this is where I would wish they would think about things a little more, put a little bit more thought and effort into their finishes. That was the easy way out. We needed a DQ, so. Uh, MVP runs in. I think on announce they said, well, MVP is protecting his investment. Come on. That's so lame. Bobby yeah. Lashley is the United States heavyweight champion. And as you said, it was his idea. What is he protecting? Because if 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 uh, if uh, Bobby Lashley gets DQ'd, which he did, then he does not move on to get a shot at that three-way dance that would get him into the a, a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. It's lazy to me. It's the easy way out. It's we'll just do this so we can get our end result. What do we need our end result to be? Keith Lee over via DQ and a beauty shot. How are we going to get there? Well, it really doesn't matter because nobody's going to remember it anyway. And to that point... Nobody will remember it by tomorrow. But in the scope of things last night and our discussion today, it makes no sense. It really doesn't. It really doesn't, Bully. And now, listen, if that was a matchup for the United States Championship, all right, now you got me. MVP's interfering, so Lashley doesn't drop that title. But when it's a qualifying match, it makes absolutely no sense. I even thought it was kind of weird with the opening contest with the Hurt Business against the New Day. Now, the Hurt Business is trying to get that championship from, from the New Day. But, like, you have – it was so weird because it looked like it was a double count out. The, the the commentators announced it as a double count out, but yet they're holding the Hurt Business's arms up as if they won the match. But they just announced it was a double count out. Why are you you know you're raising their hands? And then you have MVP take the take the microphone and say, "Hey guys, we don't want the match to end this way. We want to we want to further this contest. This isn't this isn't the way you want to end a championship match." And they're the heels, and then they got the baby faces in the New Day outside the ring looking at each other, and Kofi's like, I- I'm good. I'm good. Like, you know, let's, you know, we still have the titles. I'm good. What, what world is this? The heels are in the ring asking to extend the match, and then the baby faces are outside doubting whether they should go back into the ring or not? I mean, do they put any thought into what the hell they're doing creatively on this show, Bully? I think something went wrong last night in that tag match. Because if you're going to tell me that's what you planned to do with all that wonkiness and stuff that didn't make sense, I'd say that's that's not lazy uh, creative. That's not lazy booking. That's just God awful is what it is.
We're going to do a double count out, and then we're going to raise these guys' hands, but the, the, the baby face is going to be happy about it. Kofi had a weird smile on his face at the end of the match on the ramp, that kind of smile of, oh, boy, things just really got screwed up. How the hell are we going to get out of this one? I don't think that was meant to happen last night, and if it was meant to happen, it was awful. If, if that's what they came out of the creative meeting with and said, hey, we want to go with this where, you know, the, the, the a double count out and then we'll restart the match. Why? Why can't we just have a really great tag match? Why can't we just get some freaking heat on the baby faces, get a great hot tag? Why? Why can't we stick to that old school recipe that has been working for a hundred years? Shine, heat, comeback, finish. Why can't we let the talent be talented? Go have a great tag match. Why would the babyface champions be happy with a double countout? Yep. If they were heel champions, I'd understand it because now they're getting out with their titles and they don't have to fight no more. But not the 10-time WWE World Tag Team Champions. Not the most decorated tag team in the history of the WWE. Why would they be happy with that? Why would they be smiling about a count-out victory? It just doesn't make sense. I think last night uh, a mistake happened, and they tried to get by it in the ring. And if that's not the case, if that's what the plan was last night, that was bad television. I didn't find it entertaining at all. I found it confusing and just flat-out bad. And you know what? Sometimes you have bad nights. And last night could have been one of those nights. But you see, like, Bully, what we're getting into, and I know a lot of people are probably listening to the show and be like, man, you know, here they go again. You know, LaGreca says he liked Raw, but now they're ragging on Raw. Not ragging on Raw, because the three matches that we just talked about, Bully, all three of those matches were great matches. I, I, they had me. But again, it's the small little things that have nothing to do with the wrestlers that are in the ring. The wrestlers in the ring are, you know, are busting their asses to entertain the fans. And they definitely did that last night. But it's these small things that are easily changed that take a good match and make it a great match. To take a match that you're going to forget about, like you said, Bully, that you're going to forget about the next day to be a match that's a little bit memorable, that you want to actually talk about the next day because it was so damn good. It's those small things that they need to change on this show. We're getting it with NXT. We're getting it with SmackDown. But for some reason, these small things are falling to the wayside when it comes to Monday Night Raw. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime with the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. Bully. Let's get into the Hurt Business because we talked a lot about the Hurt Business. I just said that the reason, one of the reasons why I enjoyed, you know, Monday Night Raw the last couple of weeks is because of the Hurt Business. But what what are they doing with the Hurt Business? Two matches last night, both losses. Like, don't you want to kind of build that heel faction to be strong at some point? Ha, ha, ha. You just said build and heel in the same seconds. No. And I am not as high on the Hurt Business as you are and as a lot of people are. Want to know why? Go ahead. 
because they're really missing the boat on the Hurt Business. Remember the faction the nation was? Yes. Pretty strong faction, right? Yep. Why can't we keep the Hurt Business as strong? I don't think they're booking the Hurt Business to their potential. I really don't. No, I, I totally agree. And playing That's to why their I'm strengths. not as high as that. The, the, the stuff that they're doing. Listen, if there's one thing about the Hurt Business that sticks out to me, it's MVP's ability to speak. It's his mic skills. I love the backstage last night with Riddle, how Riddle was trying to butter him up and MVP wouldn't have any, any, any bit of it. MVP has that realness to him. It's one of the reasons why I've been a fan of his work on the microphone. Not that I don't like his work in the ring, but to me, his mic skills are light years better than his in-ring ability. You only have to be good in the ring. You have to be great on the mic. I've always thought MVP was great on the mic because he comes along across very believable. Street guy, did some time. He's got that cred. You could hear it in his voice. But as far as the Hurt Business, remember yesterday we were talking about hitting the gas pedal, then taking your foot right off, and then hitting the gas pedal, yeah. taking the foot right off? Right there, the Hurt Business. And I, I wanted to get back to, to another point we were, we were just talking about, Dave, um, when it came to the selling, okay? Mm-hmm. And I want to head out to the Twitter machine real quick. Bama Dave chimes in. And Dave, you might remember this. Mickey James was on the show a couple of weeks ago, right? Yes. And Mickey James said on uh, on the show, I think either with you and Tommy or you and Mark, she said, and I quote, the talent are half committed to selling. And as a result, the fans are half committed to caring. If we don't appear to be hurt, and if they don't think we care, then they won't care. So there you have a veteran, a six-time women's champion, admitting that the talent are only committed to half selling. And that's what we got last night with Riddle at the end of the match. That's what we got with Keith Lee at the end of the match because everybody needs to look strong. Here's where I put Dreamer over. You know how often Tommy Dreamer looks strong at the end of a match? It was not much. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Even on the days where he would eke out a victory, and Tommy never really won, he never looked strong. Tommy is one of the best baby faces ever. Obviously, we don't talk about Tommy in the, in the, in that sense because Tommy's career wasn't it wasn't as in the spotlight as some of these other baby faces that we talk about. People were behind Tommy. He made people feel the emotion, the pain, the angst, the struggle, the drama. I've never seen wrestling fans try to help pick a wrestler up off the ground like I saw them do with Tommy. And it just didn't happen in the ECW. And it would happen any place that, that I'd see Tommy wrestle. Tommy would do such a great job of selling that when he sold to the outside, fans would reach over the guardrail in the front row to help Tommy get to his feet. Crazy. That's commitment to selling. That's when the people feel like there's so much a part of you that they have to will you to your feet physically. Come on, Tommy. Not only can you do this, we can do this together. You don't see that anymore. 
and I don't and I don't and I don't subscribe to this whole well you know the business is different the business has changed bullshit talent has changed talent's mentalities have changed what talent work for has changed what did taker say in the special the other night back in the day talent worked for the business of the match what story are we trying to tell what are we trying to drive home what are we trying to get people to invest in and buy into you work for the business of the match what's the business of the match now what are they working for Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Sam in Cleveland. What's going on, Sam? Hey, well, how are you brothers today? What's going on, buddy? Hey, uh, yesterday I honestly just sit down back, relax, and just enjoy the match. Like, Guido and Seamus, they were hitting each other like they owe money to each other. That was a really physical match. I just sit down, enjoy it. I'm happy that the Lana table thing is over probably so far. Um, basically, like, I feel bad for the ladies because, like, what they're giving to them is not, like, really entertaining right now. Uh, so that's what we need, like, shallow Flair going back on Ross to put some prestige on the ladies, I guess. Well, like, yesterday was, a, for me, was an overall good show. I just sit down, enjoy it, and I enjoy every single match. It was, it was a good show for me. All right, and, and Sam, I started the show off saying I enjoyed it, too. Three hours went by pretty quick. I enjoyed it. But think about what you're saying, Sam, before we get into Lana, bully. Like, hey, I just want to sit down on my couch and enjoy it. Okay, okay, that's fine. You know what? If you just want to sit on, sit, get away from your troubles, get away from all this bullshit that's going on, sit on your couch and watch Raw for three hours and enjoy it, fine. But, man, when it comes to pro wrestling, bully, I want to get emotionally invested. I want to I want to feel what that wrestler is feeling in 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 the ring. I don't want to just sit back. I want to be on the edge of my seat. I don't want to lean back. I want to be on the edge of that seat, feeling what that wrestler is feeling. I want an emotional connection. Same thing with sports. Yeah, sometimes I'll I'll, I'll you know I don't have a rooting interest, so I'll just sit back and just watch the football game. But isn't it better when you have a rooting interest and you're into the team that you're watching? And you're living by every play of that game? Well, it's the same thing with pro. When do we go from just like, you know what? Let me sit on my recliner, watch the boob tube, and just be entertained. Mindless entertainment for the next three hours. Or sitting at the edge of your seat, being into every single move that's going on in that match, Bully. It's been a long time since that happened on a consistent basis. Yeah, we get glimpses of it. I mean, for me... um, uh, the other night, Roman versus Drew. Last week, Io versus Rip, uh, Rhea. Uh, Hell in a Cell, Bailey versus Sasha. Yeah, it happens every once in a while now. It used to be like that all the time. Yep. 
You see, I don't just pull this stuff out of thin air. I actually compare it to you. I give you fact, but it seems like in this day and age, people are afraid of facts. Oh, no, no, don't hit me with facts. That makes your, that, that, that makes your take uh, you know, more believable. Yep. No, not facts. Don't tell me about 20, 25 years ago. I'm, not te- I'm just telling you what has worked for wrestling since day one. There are cornerstones of this business. It seemed to have been thrown out the door. Why? Who threw them out? Why did you throw them out? I know why Vince McMahon pulled back the curtain. It made WWE a worldwide entertainment conglomerate. I get that. But why have wrestlers gotten away from fundamentals so much? Is somebody telling them to do that? I don't know why you would. That's like that's like being a, 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 a plumber or an electrician or knowing how to rebuild engines and saying, oh, you know what? I'm not going to use the tools to help me do the repairs to the best of my ability. Well, why wouldn't you use those tools? If you're a babyface, why wouldn't you sell more? If you're a heel, why wouldn't you go out of your way to be hated, despised, and loathed at every given moment? And I want to know what wrestlers disagree with me. I want to know what wrestlers actually have the balls to call up and say, oh, no, 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 Bubba, you got it all wrong. This is why things have changed. This is why we do these things. This is why we're working for the pop. This is why we put a spot fest match together. Is spot fest wrestling okay? Yes, every once in a while. Sure. It's just like a steel cage match. Sometimes the story calls for a steel cage match, and sometimes the story calls for a spot fest match. Like last week, Young Bucks versus the New Kids in Town. What were their names again? Um, oh, high uh, Flight. Team High. high top, uh, top getting Flight. High, getting High. Uh, top Flight. Top Flight. Top Flight. Yeah. Top flight. Top flight. Yeah, it was for their debut match because of the history with the Bucks. Yes, it was right to have a high spot match. I get it. I had no problem with it. That was their wheelhouse. That's what we got. Good job. But all the time? No. Go back to the things that worked. Because if, like Mickey James said, if wrestlers are only half selling, well, that's why fans are only half invested. Go back to full selling and see how invested they would be. I agree with you. And, it's, and, and here's the thing. It's not every wrestler. That's what makes it so uneven as well. Because you just said it at the top. AJ had no problem selling what that what just took place in that match. He won. He, he hit the phenomenal forearm. He looked great while doing it. And then he had to drag himself in the back. Like you said, he needed help to get into the back. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not showing weakness. You won the match. Right? I mean, you know, hell, it was a it was a Hall of Fame tight end in that playoff game against the Chargers and the Dolphins. It's iconic of him being helped off the field after char- after the Chargers beat the Dolphins to advance in the AFC playoffs. What was that? You know, 3 decades ago. It's iconic. Why? Because he he put everything he had on the field that day. Fans appreciate that. 
Now, if you're just going to do that and you're just going to, hey, you know, if your attitude as a pro wrestling fan is, well, this is fake. It's just entertainment. So, you know what? Put on a good match that I enjoy and I can watch and let's move on. Fine. But it's going to be forgettable. And you know what? You're not going to buy the ticket to see that wrestler. You're not going to buy the pay-per-view to see that wrestler. You're not going to buy the shirt. You're not. The only way you're going to do that is if there's an emotional investment. What about Riddle yesterday and Keith Lee that got me emotionally invested? They had a great match. There's no doubt about it. But you giving the the the, the smart-ass grin and doing the thumb point to yourself, I'm sorry. That's not going to get me emotionally invested. Riddle doing his dance and posing and pointing to the crowd after that physical contest, that's not going to get me emo. Show me some emotion. Show me that you just went through a war in that ring. I'm telling you right there, that's how I'm going to buy into you emotionally. Especially Riddle last night. Because when you're in there with Sheamus, it's going to be a war no matter what. Because they're laying their shit in. It's snug. It's stiff. It's everything. It's as close to real as real gets. Somebody chimed in on social media and says, you guys should go back and watch the match. Riddle does sell after the match. BS. He's on his feet. He's smiling. Yeah, maybe he's walking backwards with a little bit of a a, a, a swag. Or no, no, no. You know what he did? He once or twice he like he did this with his with his with his uh, elbow. He went like this. He went and 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 that's yeah. what I think has happened in really? wrestling. Selling has become so watered down that I think if a fan sees the, uh, Riddle touch his uh, shoulder, you know, oh, he was selling. First of all, he shouldn't have been touching his shoulder. Should have been touching his leg because that's the body part that they worked on. For so long. Selling is a baby face's best friend. If more wrestlers learned how to sell in the middle of a ring, they wouldn't have to sell so much at their gimmick table. Think about that one. Selling in the ring makes you a lot more money than selling merchandise at your gimmick table. Selling in a ring will make you a millionaire. Who's on top in the WWE right now? It's Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Why? Because they understand the art of drama, storytelling, and selling. We said it uh, yesterday, Bully on the Show, in regards to Survivor Series. That match between Roman and Drew stood above any other match on that card. Were the other matches entertaining? Was there some good stuff? Sure. But they stood above head and shoulders above everything else. Great pacing. Yes. And the pace was not fast. It was fast when it needed to be. They have gears. Sometimes we're in low gear. Sometimes we're in high gear. But each gear is going to mean as much as the next. We don't have to just keep flying around, flying around, flying around, flying around. Flying around gets old after a while. The same way sitting in a headlock gets old after a while. Give us a, a little bit of everything. But you know what? You can make that headlock. Me, look at Randy Orton when he, he cinches how he cinches in that headlock. Every nobody, movement. Nobody makes something so simple look as great as Randy Orton does. But there's no wasted movement. There's no wasted moves. Everything means something. It's the spirit of the fight. Everything that Randy Orton does in the ring is so that 
he could win that match. Just like a, 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 an NBA team, a baseball team, or a football team. Every move the coach makes in that game is to win the game. Everything that Randy Orton does in the ring is to win that match. He's not trying to show off. He's not trying to show He does a little of the show off before the match, goes on there, does the pose. But everything he does in that ring is to win that match. Where have we got to like, no, I want to look good. Or, oh, I got my opponent reeling, so let me do a moonsault into the ropes so I can do a moonsault back so I look great to be able to do a simple kick to the head. Come on now. There's times for that because in pro wrestling, there's so showmanship. It is it is entertainment. But if you really want to go to the next level, look look at the wrestlers that went to the next level. Shit, look at Hogan. What is Hogan known for? When he was down on it, when he was down on the mat, did he powered up? No, 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 with his finger. And he power powered up. Show me more of that. Selling and the struggle. Yes, because that's how you're going to buy people into your story. There needs to be a little struggle. That's how you buy in. That's the and drama think, that Bully talked about. We might be going all, We might be going down a road today that it's definitely a, a legitimate discussion and a little legitimate topic. I'm not quite sure how much it applies to last night because we're putting the Riddle thing and the Keith Lee thing under a microscope with the lack of selling after the bell rang. They still both had really great matches last yes, night. Of course. Really they did. strong matches. Great showing for Riddle and probably Keith Lee's best showing since his uh, debut against Randy Orton. Yes. Agreed. So let's concentrate a little bit more on those matches. Here's what I didn't like about the finish of the Keith Lee match, the DQ. And here's what I didn't like about the finish of the Randy Orton AJ Styles match, the interference. If three guys are going on to a triple threat match next week with the winner of that match getting a shot at uh, Drew McIntyre, most likely at TLC in December, I want the three strongest guys with three strong victories. Give me Riddle over clean. Give me Keith Lee over clean. Give me AJ Styles over clean. Why? Are losses to... Uh, Bobby Lashley or Randy Orton truly going to hurt? In my eyes, Keith Lee doesn't even belong in the match next week. You won by DQ, but you're sitting there and you're smiling and you're pointing and you're doing your money shot pose as if you just pinned the United States champion, Bobby Lashley. Now, I know he's being told to do that. Don't get me wrong, but that doesn't make sense. No uber babyface wants to move on with a DQ victory and gloat and celebrate about it. I would have much preferred to see the referee raise uh, Keith Lee's hand and Keith Lee just shaking his head like, man, this is not the way I wanted to get there. And then have Joe reiterate on commentary, I know Keith Lee. A win's a win, but this is not the way Keith Lee would have wanted to go into that three-way dance. Why do we have to protect Randy? Randy, Randy is freaking Teflon. Well, we have to have the let's have we have to have the Bray Wyatt pop up and scare Randy because if Randy gets scared, that then AJ can catch the phenomenal forearm. Really, AJ Styles? This is that's what it takes. Right it, ta- it takes Randy Orton to be scared. Ooh, I'm very scared of you, Mister Fiend. I'm very scared of you. That's why AJ can get the move. Sorry. I don't like that. 
if you're going to have a little mini tournament to determine a match that's going to determine a, a challenger, give me some strong, clean finishes so I believe in every guy. So when I see this match next week, I'm like, man, Riddle beat Sheamus in a war. Keith Lee found a way to beat the U.S. champion Bobby Lashley, and I'll be damned if AJ didn't beat one of the best, the 14-time champion Randy Orton. I can't wait for this match. Honestly, yeah, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the match just because it's programming next Monday night. But two of the guys are there just on wonky finishes. Well, th- but here's the thing. Again, going back to emotional, uh, um, emotional commitment. Where's the emotional commitment? Who, who's like the guy that you're? Who's your guy that I'm rooting for? Riddle. That's the. If Riddle's the guy, then maybe Riddle's the one that wins that match. Why wouldn't it be Riddle? Because he's the only one that got over in a clean way in that on on that show last night. He had he a by far had struggle. the best match, the best yeah. victory. Keith Lee to me, Keith Lee, they're, they're killing off. I'm sorry, I don't I'm, I don't mean to sound like one of these conspiracy theorists on on social media bully, but they're killing Keith Lee, killing him. The way he started on Raw and where he is right now, where he's posing and happy and smiling by getting a DQ finish. I mean, come on. And to go, to go back to your point where everyone's got to look strong, as you know, Bully, when everyone is strong, no one's strong. Because they're so committed to making everyone look good at the end of their matches that nobody looks good. And the finish on the AJ matches really does bother me because AJ beat Randy with a legitimate move, his springboard forearm, right? Yep. But the Fiend had to scare Randy Orton in order for that to happen. The Fiend didn't do any physicality to Randy. It's not like the Fiend nutshotted Randy and then AJ hit the forearm. He scared him. He popped up behind him and he said, boo. And Randy Orton, my 14-time champion, one of the most credible and legitimate guys on the planet in pro wrestling, got scared. He got nervous. And he, he stopped paying attention to AJ, and AJ caught the move. Come on, man. Just give me a clean finish. It's not going to hurt Randy. You can't hurt Randy. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.